Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I believe there's a rhythm and art in everything that we do. This is my journey about how I went from being a hip hop dancing engineer to a multifamily real estate investor. If you wanna learn more about how you can start investing in real estate, stay tuned to learn from multifamily real estate investors and hear how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Koo, and I'm on the journey to go from hip-hop dancing engineer turned multifamily real estate investor. This is the show where I interview multifamily real estate investors, discuss how they found their rhythm, created their own sound investments. But before I introduce today's guest, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Nightly Productions. If you have a podcast, YouTube channel, if you're trying to create a summit, you're trying to create a website, uh, you're just trying to create more content that breaks through the noise, be sure to check out Nightly Productions, find out how they can help you stop wasting time and money on content that does not deliver. Now, for today's guest, after graduating with a master's degree in neuromuscular physiology, he's, he worked in stem cell research for four years before transitioning to real estate investing full-time. He's the real estate operations leader at Arrows Capital Group, a real estate investment company aimed at serving residents communities, and investors. He is also a fifth-generation real estate professional with experience operating single-family, commercial retail, small business, new development, and multifamily syndications. He currently has an equitable interest in 403 multifamily units. He and his wife have also started and acquired multiple small businesses. He's a proud father of two and loving husband. Please give a warm welcome to Lauren Jacobs. Taylor, man, I cannot thank you enough. That was uh, far too generous of a welcome and an intro, but really happy to be here, man. I, I love love your podcast, love what you're doing. You're bringing a lot of originality to the space, and we need that. So thank you very much. Yeah, what, what do you want from me? <laughs> nah, thank you. No, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, and, and that's what I, I try and just you know add a little uh, little flavor or a little um, little style, as is what dancers might say. But I mean, first off, I mean, aside from just the from the intro, I'd love to have give give you the opportunity just to let the audience know a little bit more about you and how you even got into real estate in the first place. I guess even though your family has been doing it for a while. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what's funny is at first growing up, all I remember, you know, my mom, my grandpa, everybody in my family that I can remember ever being in real estate. They were busy all the time. You know, they worked late. They were always on their phones, answering emails, you know, showing houses and all that stuff. And that that turned me off, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I went through school. And as you mentioned, you know, the first part of my career, I, I had nothing to do with real estate because that's all the vision I had in my head. And then I, I you know, decided that, you know, the day job along the way, it, it checked a lot of boxes and and, you know, we really were able to serve and help a lot of people, which was tremendous. And, you know, so it was, it was very rewarding and, and we were able to add a lot of value, but, but it didn't check all the boxes, hmm. right? So I tried a, a transition into another field. You know, I, I took courses online and, and, you know, night courses and things and got a diploma in engineering, steam engineering, completely jumped ship worked in in that field for a couple years just to find out that you know that checked a few other boxes still didn't check all the boxes finally i realized you know the job 
was never going to check all the boxes. Oh, that means job, J-O-B, job. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> got, sir. It. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. I can spell. Uh, so, you know, along the way, I, I decided to reach back out to to some family and, and some people who've helped me get where I am along the way. And, you know, really dove into, with their help, some, some educational material, a, you know, investing books, really took a deep dive into personal development. What can I do to add more value to more people and more spaces and, and ultimately change my arrangement in life, right? What do I need to do and where do I want to go to, to achieve that? So started reading all the books I could get my hands on, on, you know, finance, the stock market, different investment vehicles, real estate. And, you know, I land, really landed on, on the, what I like to call the little purple Bible, you know, rich dad, <laughs> poor dad. So I think, you know, I think that's a pretty common theme in our space. A lot of us are familiar with that book. And, and if you're not, you know, go check it out and go read it because that is the foundation really to, to the paradigm shift that took place in my mind. And I think many others, you know, that really, it was an epiphany in, in my mind, you know, the power of what real estate could do and started to not look at real estate as a job, but as an investment, right? Mm. So how, how can we take advantage of the power of real estate as an investment, not necessarily a nine to five? Went back to the drawing board. My wife and I started picking up some single family homes. You know, about seven years ago, we started buying a couple single family houses, you know, one, two every, every year, right? And eventually we got to a point where, uh, like many others, you know, it's difficult on a you know, moderate salary to go save up and buy a bunch of houses every year, you know, save up for a down payment, tr- go the traditional route, buy houses. So, you know, again, we were a little stuck after a handful of, of single families. Uh, we picked up a small business along the way. We picked up some commercial retail units. And again, you know, we had to go back to the drawing board and say, hey, I love what we're doing, but we're not scaling up fast enough to achieve our goals, right? At this rate, you know, it'd be five or 10 years before we can, you know, replace our incomes. Again, you know, went back to the books, the podcasts, and, you know, where, where, where you go to get all the good information. And I heard on a podcast, it was actually, I was listening to a Rod Cleef podcast, if, if you're familiar with Rod Cleef. Yeah. And his, all of a sudden, you know, he just said it. He, he hit me right in the face with that, that golden nugget. <laughs> what he said was, real estate requires money, but it doesn't have to be your money. Wow. You know, that again, you know, another light bulb went off. It's like, okay, I don't need to save my money for six months to go put another down payment on another house. You know, we can find somebody else who is interested in what we're doing and, you know, put the money up for us. We can scale much larger. Along the way, you know, we were introduced to an even further power of, you know, scaling economies of scale and and multifamily real estate. Uh, We joined a coaching program. Again, you know, just doubling down on the education. That was about a year and a half ago, January 2020. And over the past 18 months, uh, we're, we're now under contract on our fourth syndication. You know, we're, we're in a JV. We're, we're looking to buy some businesses. 
we're, you know, have some strong LOIs out on, on some other multifamily assets. And, you know, we're, we're looking to steamroll ahead and, you know, help whoever we can along the way. So that's, uh, that's a short and sweet version of, you know, how, how I ended up here. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to uh, unpack there. And, you know, I, I do want to take it back just a little bit because you mentioned that, uh, you know, going into when you went into the, the engineering route, I wasn't checking all of the boxes. And I feel like, you know, a common, uh, I guess, stereotype is that, you know, engineers safe, secure, I, I'm curious as to like, what are, were some of the boxes that it wasn't checking out? It, the biggest thing, man, is just the freedom, lifestyle freedom. Mm. I mean, there was a, two years of my life I spent, you know, earning a better income, uh, having great job security, you know, really enjoying actually what I was doing mechanically at work to the most part enjoying a lot of the people I was working with but it did not give me any of that lifestyle freedom that, you know, we're looking for. I was working weekends. I was working 12 hour night shifts, you know, Ooh. two weeks out of, out of a month. You know, I was, I was working just, there was no flexibility. You know, you get your, your vacation time. And I mean, that just, that's <laughs> not the life I sat down with my wife one night and said, you know, this is not the life that, we're going to live for the next 40 years and cross my fingers that, you know, our, our pension, our retirement is, is what it needs to be to live a comfortable life the next 20, 30 years. I, I don't like, I didn't like that. We weren't okay mm-hmm. with that. We decided we needed to make a change. We needed to do something different. We needed more freedom for our, our, you know, lifestyle. I needed more freedom to spend time with my family, with my kids, to help raise my kids to, to do more for other people. You know, we're really passionate about humanitarian work, doing for others, helping others, whether it's family, friends, people in, in you know, third world countries, people in need, right. whatever it is. I, I didn't have the time that I thought I needed, that I know I need to do all of those things to, you know, the, the best of my capacity and my ability. And, you know, I, I just realized very quickly, I need to make a change to, be able to integrate that time freedom into my life. What's what's really funny about this though is that you so when you went back into real estate cuz you mentioned that you were turned off with <laughs> with real estate in the first place cuz they were yeah. your family spending so much time in there. Like did you were you ever worried that you were going to go in that same direction and how to like help hedge against the, that much time being spent on real estate when you yeah. made the transition? Yeah, no that's a great question and honestly when when I was young observing, you know, my mom, my grandpa, my other family members involved in real estate, I was observing what they were doing through the lens of, you know, they had a a nine to five job, you know, they were real estate agents. They also had real estate investments. That's not the part that I saw. That's not what I associated with Mm. real estate, right? So everything I was looking at, I, I just put it all under one umbrella of, you know, real estate even though, you know, there's two distinct differences in, in being an agent, being a broker, or being a real estate investor. Once, you know, later in life, I understood the difference, you know, I, I kind of broke through that barrier, you know, being turned off from real estate in general, understanding that I could be involved in real estate from an investment standpoint, without having to act as I saw them act in my younger years. Got it, got it, got it. 
And no, that's 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 fascinating. Just because, well, in correct me if I'm wrong. I, I guess this is more of an assumption, but the with the investments that your family had was mostly single family homes then uh, single family investments or was it kind of like a nice little mix of, of a lot of different things yeah you know it was a nice little mix and you know it's too bad I, I wish I would have been more involved in that at a younger age but I wasn't mm-hmm. uh, they I mean they had single family small multifamily commercial you know retail properties they had they had uh, like triple net leases you know they had a car wash farmland, like they were well diversified. (laughs) I didn't know or understand any of that. And I wasn't exposed to any of that growing up. Um, And, you know, so it, now that I'm a little older, I can ask those questions and and draw that, that information, you know, and I can, I can use them as a resource moving forward. And and that, that's tremendous. Wow. No, I love it. I love it. And then, you know, uh, along your journey then, and, you know, after, you know, buying some single family homes, like every, every so often, you jump into the Rod Cleef coaching program and then you decide you want to use other people's money. And now when using other people's money and scaling up, I feel like that's a kind of a, a daunting experience. Cause now there's this, it's, it's a little scary now that it, your, your money or now that other people's money is, is involved, right? Did you have that same experience as well? Oh, absolutely. It, I mean, it's an entirely different ball game when, I'm investing my own money. You know, I've, I've got a, a fair time horizon ahead of me as, as far as my, you know, investment timeline is concerned. Mm-hmm. If I lose my own money, I, I'm, I'm not happy about that, but you know, I'm totally okay with that. So I'm going to be a little different, a little, my risk threshold is going to be different when I'm using my own capital right mm-hmm. now, when we're bringing in and considering an investor's capital, totally new ball game. I hope that you do not play with investor capital the same way you would play play with your own, you know, you you are held to a very high standard as far as being a fiduciary to their investment. You know, we take our all of our due diligence, our analysis, our, our underwriting, our stress testing, our due diligence, incredibly seriously, far more than back when you know we were solely using our own funds to fund an investment. Absolutely, I mean, you're you're held to a much higher standard, and and we. You, you can't take that lightly. Yeah. You know, you can't take that lightly. Uh, of course, everyone signs on the dotted line and they they understand the risks. But uh, I mean, we're in a lot of cases, you know, we're, we're bringing in friends and family who may be sophisticated, you know, non-accredited investors. Uh, we're <clears throat> bringing in people who have, you know, taken a lifetime to save up, you know, $50,000 and they're giving us part of it to to go invest. It's uh, so it, it's a large responsibility that you yeah. know, we, we certainly don't take lightly. Yeah. Now, um, this wasn't mentioned, but before y'all uh, started to scale up and, and made that decision, were you already in Canada or were you still in the States? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I skipped over that part in the intro. Uh, <laughs> I, I was born in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest. I went to school in the Midwest. You know, just after grad school, I went down to Mexico on vacation, you know, to kind of have a have a last hurrah before I entered the, the working world right. uh, after school. And I met this uh, amazing, you know, Canadian lady down there. We, <laughs> she told me to come visit her. I did. 
we visited each other back and forth a couple of times. And, you know, one time I went to go visit and I never came back. <laughs> so we, we got married. We have uh, two beautiful kids, you know, a, a one-year-old girl, four-year-old boy there. I mean, they're our why they're why they're the reason that this all started, you know, whenever she became pregnant with, with our first son, that's when, you know, the light bulb started turning and, and flickering. And, and I knew that we needed to do something different. Mm, right. Okay. Uh, that was, that was really the inception of the lifestyle change uh, that's led us to where we are. So uh, yes, most of our real estate investing has occurred since I've lived in Canada. Uh, I'm a resident of Canada. I'm a U.S. citizen. Our smaller portfolio, you know, single family, some of our businesses, commercial retail and stuff is up here in Canada, local. All of our multifamily investments, some JV investments are are all down in the U.S. So we've got to be selective about, you know, building the right team to make sure that, you know, those investments are are well positioned. Yeah. And, and that is crushing at least a lot of my own limiting beliefs is because, I mean, you're over in a completely different country. Even I mean, even though it's like right there. You're you're in a completely different area, and you're investing in all these different uh, these different locations and states and whatnot. And so, I mean, even then, with scaling up and then raising money, that and then being in a different state also sounds, <laughs> sounds extremely nerve wracking. And so, you know, something that you mentioned too is like when you you talk about like making sure that you're aligning yourself with like some of the right partners and operators. Did you meet those partners and operators within the Rod Cleef Group? Or did you go out there by the sheer power of networking and, and meet them? A little bit of both. And that's mm-hmm. absolutely how it started. Uh, you know, Rod Cleef, the coaching program I joined, which was, you know, for me, it was an amazing fit and and truly is, you know, the reason I'm here today. I know there's a lot of good programs out there, but, you know, in my experience, that uh, has just been tremendous. So really to answer that, I mean, we've all heard the the notion your network is your net worth, right? And, and I mean, I've comprehended that before. I understand what it means, but I didn't truly respect that <laughs> sentiment until I started truly expanding my network and not just randomly expanding your network, but, but really truly intentionally expanding your network with like-minded people who are already doing what you want to be doing and are very successful in that. Uh, I mean, there's another great, Jim Rohn, I believe, said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And, you know, so really what that tells me is be selective and be intentional about who you surround yourself with, who's in your network, who's in your your circle of people, right? Those people have so much power over, you know, subconsciously who and what you are and who you become. So be very selective about who you're hanging around with. You know, I always ask the question, do, do I want to be in, in that person's shoes, you know, a month, six months, a year, 10 years from now? And if the answer is no, I don't like what they're doing or don't, you know, not interested in what they're doing. Uh, that doesn't mean they're not a good person. That doesn't mean that, you know, we can't be cordial, but that does mean that I, I don't want them in my, in my circle, in my mm-hmm. niche group of people. Right. Obviously, I'm going to treat everyone with respect and, and of course, you know, be friendly with everybody. That's, that's not what that means. But uh, that means that I'm not going to work towards spending a significant portion of my time surrounded by those people. So being selective about your network, 
putting yourself in a position, finding the groups. I mean, whatever you want to do, there are groups out there where they're highly successful people doing what you want to do. Find those groups, figure out how to, you know, get your foot in the door. What that usually starts out as is how do I add more value than I receive? I mean, your life will truly change when you ask yourself, how do I add value to people? How do I give abundantly without expecting anything in receipt, right? Your life will truly change whenever, when, it, when you ask yourself that question on a daily basis. And that's how you're going to get your foot in the door into those, you know, higher circles that, that you maybe feel like you don't belong in. I'm not there yet. You know, get that out of here. Crush that limiting belief, man. You get, get in there, figure out a way to get in there. You know, when, when a problem presents itself, there, there are two types of people. One person who, you know, maybe the fingers come out and, you know, blame starts going around. They, they justify a, a reason why it's impossible. They can't solve that problem. And then there's the, you know, the entrepreneurial mindset. They're the people who say, you know, any obstacle, there, there's a way around. Any problem, there's a solution. I need to figure out what it is or I need to collaborate with somebody who can help me figure out what it is. You know, be around those people. Be around the ladder. I want to partner and do deals and do business with, you know, people who think who are the problem solvers, not the problem creators. So, so your network is huge, man. I mean, we could, we could have a whole conversation just on that, but bottom line, you know, go find people who are doing what you want to do, get into that crowd, get into that circle, give abundantly to do so, emulate what they do and get what they have. It, you know what's you know what's interesting too is with adding with adding value because you know I, it's it's extremely common like the whole go giver mentality like throughout yeah at least in multifamily uh, has just been like a huge theme like give value give value give value and at least like in my experience you know it was hard to figure out which value I could give especially if I didn't have any investments or if I didn't have any money or experience my point it and I guess like what I'm seeing now is like sometimes like those problems don't really come up right then and there because like i've also heard like other stories too where like people are thinking like oh i want to add value like i can raise money this and that but it's just like i haven't even met you like i don't even know who you are and you're like trying to solve a problem that might not even be there yeah no absolutely man that's a great point and it is tough when you're first entering the space and and you're lacking experience, you know, you're lacking some, some education, some knowledge. It is incredibly difficult to figure out how you can add value to people who have been here for 10, 20 years and are crushing it, are really successful. And in many cases, you may not be in a position to, to add any significant value to them. You know, I've heard operators, big time operators, you know, four or 5,000 units, hundreds of millions of dollars of assets under management. Like how do I come in and add value to someone like you? And they're like, you know, uh. you can't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, you can always add value. Right. But your point, you know, it's not always easy. Here's a good example. I know I'm actually partnered on a deal with a guy, you know, younger guy like us in his mid twenties, he, in his early twenties partnered with a, a very successful operator that had, you know, third, thousands of units, right? Thousands of units. He found a way to add value because he, he, he took a specific niche of the business and he got really good at it. I mean, it took years, developed his own propri- proprietary, you know, systems and softwares, 
and got really good at it, showcased his abilities and offered to, to, you know, do some work and, and do some things for free. And next thing you know, these guys are partners on, you know, hundreds, uh, you know, 1500 units now. And so you kind of just hung around that, that person. I think we're, I know, I think we're, th- I, th- I think I know who you're talking about <laughs> is what are we allowed to, I, I was going to say, are we allowed to give shout outs on, on this show? But then oh, yeah. I'll also, it's, it's like, it's, it's my show. Then I realize oh, I guess, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> you do you, Taylor? It, it, it rhymes. Uh, it starts with a D and then ends with Avid Topin. yes yeah okay (laughs) yeah no exactly exactly yeah we'll give dave a shout out man dave dave's awesome talk about over delivering and adding a ton of value man he's got he's got an excellent mastermind that i'm a part of Uh, Mm. it's called real estate lab he's developing his own you know underwriting software redeveloping like more software you know that's the whole reason that i'm partnered on a deal with him because i joined i joined a mastermind and and you know, it's, it's just, again, the power of the network uh, and proximity to people, whatever you need to do, I will happily pay, you know, whatever it costs to, to get inside of one of those niche networks of experienced people doing the stuff I want to do. And I mean, look, you know, the, the acquisition fee from the deal that we'll be a part of will, you know, more than pay whatever it costs to join that mastermind. So it's an investment. I mean, I don't, I didn't necessarily think about it like that, but yes, absolutely. It it. Is. And again, it comes back to, you know, adding value to the group, adding value to people in the group and to Dave as much as I can. And, you know, then we're fortunate enough to, to be able to partner together on a deal. So no, that's really cool. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Dave. And so, so now bringing this, bring this back to, to Lauren, I'd love to get your take on this because like going into, into real estate full time might not be the uh, best route for some people. Like maybe people like their, their nine to five jobs or just like, like what they do. And maybe they just don't want to put in that efforts and it's like trying to be an active operator, uh, within the real estate space, but they still love real estate as an investment. So like in, in your opinion, how can they still get involved within real estate then? How can people get involved in real estate if, if they don't necessarily want to be active? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, a ton of ways, right? If, if we're thinking of somebody who, who likes the thought of real estate, they understand that real estate is a, an excellent investment vehicle, uh, but they maybe don't have the time or interest in being active in real estate. I mean, there's a lot of ways to be passive in real estate. We talked about a couple earlier, you know, investing in a solo operator Maybe there's somebody who's really experienced in, in operating single family homes or doing fix and flips and they need, you know, some private money, right? They, they need a private lending source and, and you're somebody who can offer that. Uh, you know, you can get a pretty good rate of return. Maybe you could get a piece of the equity of the deal in that case. You know, similarly, when we jump up to, you know, multifamily or commercial real estate, you know, you can also passively invest in commercial real estate as a JV partner. You can bring the money to a deal and let someone else do all the running around and, and busy work, right? You can bring the money to a syndication. And, you know, the only difference between a JV and a syndication is, is technically in a joint venture, all partners are supposed to be active. So what that means is if, say, I want to bring money to the deal and I sign on the loan, I'm considered active, Right. Let's say you don't want that extra liability. You don't want to have to sign on the loan because either you have to sign on the loan or you've got to be active in some other way. 
But again, you know, where our goal is to be passive. I don't want the liability of signing on the loan. I don't want that financial liability. Oftentimes, you know, those may be recourse loans. If I invest in a syndication, that means that I can be a completely passive investor. I can wire funds. I can write a check and, you know, not think about it until I get my quarterly distribution. And then, you know, whatever time frame, three, five, seven, ten years, you know, they refinance me my, my capital back. They, you know, sell the property and, and I get, you know, my proceeds pro rata to my, you know, equity position in the deal. You know, there, there's lots of ways to be passive. You know, maybe you want to go the institutional route and you want to invest in a REIT, a mm-hmm. real estate, you know, investment trust, which is, which is more of a, let, let's compare it to like an index fund in the, in the. It's still so publicly traded. Yeah, exactly. In the financial realm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like my only uh, issue with REITs, cause I, you know, they do give healthy returns, but like with, with REITs, I, you still don't experience all the powerful benefits uh, as a normal landlord would just because it's, you're investing more in a business and it's going to different properties that you may not know of. Whereas like with a syndication, it's specific to just like one property. True enough. True. Enough. I mean, you could, in, you could invest in uh you know, a multifamily acquisition fund. It's a private fund. Mm. Some operators may open a fund and you've got the diversity of, of perhaps investing in multiple multifamily assets through, you know, maybe a, a boutique syndicator through a private fund, right? Mm. So, I mean, there's lots of options. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I'm not advocating that somebody go invest in REITs or really one over the other. There's yeah. pros and cons to everything. And, you know, you just do a little research and figure out if, if your interest is to be in real estate passively, you know, just figure out which option is uh, might be best for you. But I mm. totally agree. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm pretty biased. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty biased as well. <laughs> I mean, that's why we're in the same mastermind, and that's why you're on this podcast, too. <laughs> awesome. You know, switching switching gears just just a little bit now, just like talking, going back to like just the active side, right? Like you you mentioned that you had some single families, you know, some small businesses. Like, do you think that? And I feel like I ask this question a lot, but I'm always curious what, because I feel like the answer always has changed every so often. But do you think you would need to start off in the single family route before you start going into multifamily? You know, I think there's a natural progression that takes place. I mean, you get a lot of education in the single family realm, you know, analyzing properties, putting out offers, you know, progressing through the life of a contract doing your due diligence, inspection, getting financed, closing on the property, operating a property, you know, dealing with property managers or or managing yourself. There's a ton of education that takes place that's very transferable and applicable into the multifamily space. Uh, So with that said, is it helpful? Absolutely. You know, when someone says, comes in and says, hey, I have five or 10 single family rentals, but I have no multifamily experience. I'm totally inexperienced. I'm like, no, you're not. You've got a ton of experience. Mm. Uh, you just need to transfer that and, and, you know, learn a little more about the multifamily space. And there's definitely a lot of nuances and, and a learning curve, but you know, you're not starting at, at zero, you know, maybe you're starting at, you know, 20 or 30 to hundred instead of zero to hundred uh, with, but again, it's not required. You don't have to start in, in single family to, to jump into multifamily. 
you could absolutely, you know, get with, uh, and again, you know, I'm a big advocate of the coaching programs and mentorship and masterminds because that's what's really progressed where I've gone as, uh, you know, as quickly as we've been able to do so. You don't have to do that either. You know, you've got tons of great resources out there. Uh, again, all the books, all the podcasts, you know, connect with people and faith. There's so many Facebook groups about multifamily and buying apartments and syndicating. Find somebody who there, you know, add value to them. You know, that's a little more experienced. See if they can act as a little bit of a mentor, ask some questions, invest passively in a syndication. That's a tremendous learning curve. Now you've got a, you know, foot in the door with those experienced operators. You can ask them questions, get on the phone every now and again, learn that way, figure out how you can get your foot in the door into a syndication actively as, you know, a small piece at a low level learn and continue to progress that way. So do I think it's helpful to have a background in real estate in general, maybe single family? Yes. Is it required? No. Mm, Got it. Yeah. Cause the, you know, I was having this uh, conversation with my parents and well, um, one of my parents and they were thinking like, Oh, you know, why are you trying to scale up so much? Like you should just have buy a house here and buy a house there, buy a house there. Go bigger, go home. Yeah. And that's like, I'm, I'm living at home right now. Might as well just go bigger, <laughs> go home. I got, I got nothing to lose. Oh <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. What's now the focus for, for Lauren and Arrows Capital Group? And thank you for asking a, a huge focus. I mean, really our primary focus is prioritizing people. You know, there's, uh, we're really aimed in bridging the divide between people and profit. Uh, You don't have to choose one or the other. And, you know, there are operators out there who are, you know, socially responsible uh, and doing a, a tremendous job, you know, truly focusing on and prioritizing people in the communities And the bottom line is in our given industry that, you know, we've chosen to be a part of, we have this incredible opportunity, uh, you know, and I'll even call it a responsibility of, you know, we have the ability to, to have such an impact on people, you know, their livelihoods, their families. I mean, literally we, we have so much control over their homes, where they live, where they come home and, you know, lay their head down every night. Are you, are you invested in, in improving and enriching their experience in that home and, you know, doing what you can to, to enrich their livelihoods, to offer opportunity, to improve their potential success in life? You know, a lot of people don't ask those questions and, and we are, we're asking those questions on a daily basis at, at every property that we're involved in, all the properties we, we ascribe to be involved in. That's really our mission and, and why we're here. So you know, another one of our goals, of course, a little less original is to, you know, really looking to increase the size of our portfolio. But again, you know, the, the, the why is the most important part. And the why there isn't because we, you know, we care to have a billion dollars of assets under management. I mean, yes, that would be great. And and we want to get there uh, and we will, but the why is because, you know, the more assets that we, we, have some degree of control over the the more people that we can we can help the more lives that we can touch the more impact we can have on on communities on residents on investors on you know people you know like us Taylor people other people in the space you know that that's what we're moving towards and that's what we're doing I love it I love it and 
you know, I love the fact that you said prioritizing people first. Like you didn't even go into just, oh, I want to expand my portfolio. We're focusing on this area, this area, this area. Like I really love that people aspect because, you know, people have experiences with real estate. I was having a conversation with another, another real estate investor and that's actually in the MIH, but a group before us. And he was talking about how everybody has a specific experience with real estate, whether you're an investor, whether you're just living there, like, even if you're just like creating like a fort in your house, like there's, there's always like, there's all these different types of, it's like per se, like real estate where like you people have experiences with them. Like then, and these are people's lives that, that are in the hands of these operators. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, unfortunately not everyone's experience is good. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of that is, uh, Anyways, we're, we're just, we're here to change. I know a lot of people in the space, myself included, you know, that's how really how I got my foot in the door at first is through, you know, underwriting through the analysis of opportunity and project feasibility. And, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in and live in these, you know, two dimensional spreadsheets and the numbers on our screen and, and what they say. And it's so easy to, you know, forego how do these decisions that we're making and how does this business plan that we're developing really impact the people at the asset we're looking to acquire? Yes. I mean, how they impact the returns are, that's important. Absolutely. But, you know, it's also extremely important is, is how it impacts the people. And, you know, those are just, those are questions we're challenging to ask ourselves all the time and aiming to, to lead by example. So there's a bit of a paradigm shift in the industry. Uh, and, and more people start to think that way. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, off, off question. Well, I guess not really off question, but what is, uh, where did you get arrows from? Like, what's the, what's the meaning behind arrows? Yeah, that's really arrows. good. I don't know. You can actually see the, the logo up behind me. Arrows, you know, there's a trajectory pointing straight up. You know, we're, we're going places. We're, we're going there quick. Uh, you know, an arrow travels. It doesn't travel slowly. <laughs> and uh, you know when released, you can also see in our in our logo here. There's a bit of a bridge. Yeah. There's a bit of a gap, right? And and that's reminding us that we're here to bridge, bridge the, gap the gap between people <sighs> and profits. And profits. Okay. Oh, it's tight. I love it. And you're you're shooting that arrow in the and you get to decide which direction you want to shoot that arrow in. Oh yeah, pointing straight up. <laughs> pointing straight up. No, I love it. Cool, cool, cool. And, uh, you know, if people want to reach out to you, get to know you more, if they have any questions, how can they reach you? Yeah, thank you, man. I I appreciate that. Arrowscapitalgroup.com is our website. Uh, My email, lauren at arrowscapitalgroup.com. I'm on Facebook, uh, Lauren Jacobs. That's L-O-R-E-N Jacobs. Instagram, man, I'm really trying to, I'm relatively new to, to Instagram late but uh here <laughs> so you can you can find me on instagram at lauren jacobs invests you know give me a follow man i'm, I'm happy to add some value and give you follow back and uh you know if, if there's anything i can help with anybody that's listening to this you know feel free to reach out anytime facebook email however always happy to to help you know wherever i can cool and actually i need, I need to give you a follow on instagram i didn't i didn't realize you had an instagram 
uh, Lauren <laughs> Jacobs and Vince. And those will all be in the show notes too. And then for everyone that is listening, make sure to stay tuned for in, a, in a few days. We're going to release the action items episode. We're really going to get granular about some of these concepts that we're talking about and even how to just get into the game, whether you have a lot of money or you have zero money uh, and zero experience. So stay tuned. Thank you so much again, Lauren, for coming come to the show. Uh, it was a pleasure having you and, and learning about you and your story and uh, look forward to a couple of days. Taylor, man, really appreciate you. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. And, uh, you know, I, I, you're adding a ton of value. I hope I was able to add some value to your listeners too. So. Oh, you did most definitely. (laughs) Thanks, Lauren. Thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to the multifamily artist podcast. If you got any value out of this episode, I'd greatly appreciate if you head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review the show, which will help more people receive that same value. If you're looking to connect and talk more about multifamily real estate, you can reach me at inrhythmmultifamily.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.